What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Joe and Joey Show. My name is Joey. And I'm Joe. And if you're new to the show, thank you for listening to us. And the way our show works is we have three topics each episode. The first two topics are going to be sports-related, and the last one is going to be current events-related or what's going on in the world. And if you want to watch the video version of our show, you can watch us on our YouTube channel at the Joe and Joey Show. And where else can they find us, Joe? You can find us on Instagram and TikTok. At the Joe and Joey Show. And we are now on iTunes as well, so give us a listen on iTunes as well, right? Yeah, we're everywhere, every platform. Yes, we're on all platforms. But let's get right into the show, Joe. So topic number one, we're going to talk a little bit of NFL draft, okay? Okay. So the NFL draft starts April 27th, and currently Bryce Young is now the favorite to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. And this article, according to ESPN says Young moved past Stroud this week after a surge of bets came in on the former Alabama quarterback and flipped the odds at multiple sportsbooks. Young was a growing minus 300 favorite Thursday at Caesar Sportsbook with Stroud a plus 180 underdog. Stroud had been the odds-on favorite since the Carolina Panthers traded for the first pick on March 10th because Frank Wright is known to groom and he's only had tall quarterbacks he's worked with. So everybody thought the Carolina Panthers were going to draft C.J. Stroud because they got Frank Wright. But the odds began to shift last week when the bookmakers noticed an uptick on Bryce Young. And former Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson at 20 to 1 has the third shortest odds to be the number one pick at Caesar Sportsbook behind Young and Stroud. So, Joe, who do you think is going to be the first pick in the NFL draft that's looking like Bryce Young right now, according to the bookmakers? And who would you take as the number one pick in the NFL draft? Give me your thoughts on that. Okay. So, yeah, this year is very difficult for me because it's not like past years, you know, when you had a a clear-cut number one, like, say, a Trevor Lawrence or somebody like that. Yeah, if Caleb Williams was in this draft, he'd be the number one pick. Oh, man. yeah, Caleb Williams out of USC is going to be the number one pick next year. He's playing for Lincoln Riley. He just develops number one guys. Yeah, he was the Heisman winner last year. He was the number one player coming out of high school when he came out. So he's the best quarterback. Unfortunately, he couldn't come out this year, so it's looking like... Richardson, Stroud, or Young. So continue. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with Young, the safe pick. This guy, I mean, he's amazing just by the eye test when you watch him play. Um, pocket presence. He, he's never really taking big hits, getting sacked too much. He kind of reminds me of like a young Russell Wilson who can like make something out of nothing. That's pretty close. I mean, sort of close to his draft comp, short quarterback. His draft comp to everybody is uh, Drew Brees. So that's his comparison. Very accurate short quarterback, but he's... More mobile than Drew Brees, so exactly, yeah. I mean, Drew Brees—that's that's an amazing comp if you can be compared to one of the best ever. Well, they compared two to Drew Brees also. So yeah, the left-handed to <laughs> Drew Brees—that's funny. I guess all the Alabama guys are oh, Drew Brees, man. but right, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd go Bryce Young, not by much. Like we said, it's not a clear cut. Um, like I said, he's he's amazing in the pocket. He had a good year this year with no like first round talent at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, CJ Stroud has like he had two first round wide receivers last year and he's got two this year. Have so. you seen CJ Stroud's draft comp? No. So they tried CJ Stroud. They compared him to Matt Ryan. You know, Matt Ryan had a good MVP year, but he's not really that guy, right? Right. Matt Ryan. So they compared him to CJ Stroud, Matt Ryan. So that's kind of like a I don't know. It's a little disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, I think. But go that, ahead. That's why the NFL is is great to me because all these professionals like Mel Kiper and Todd McShay, these guys are just picking like who 
whoever they want it sometimes, and you see teams fall for it, right? Those guys have no idea what they're doing. Like, they had Mitchell Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes. When you miss that bad, you have no credibility in my book. <laughs> yeah, I think somebody, I think it was Kuyper, he, he said that Sam Darnold was going to be the best quarterback in the AFC East oh over, God. like, Josh Allen and, <laughs> like, Tom Brady when he was still playing. So it, it was crazy. But, yeah, give me Bryce Young. Um, by a little bit, C.J. Stroud, number two. What do you think? Yeah, what I think is going to happen is I think Bryce Young, he's going to be the first pick in the draft. However, if I was drafting, I would pick Anthony Richardson. And the reason is, is because there's no clear-cut quarterback like you were saying, right? Like a Caleb Williams or a Trevor Lawrence coming out in this draft. So if there's no clear-cut number one guy and all these guys have similar grades— Give me the guy with the highest upside, and that is Anthony Richardson. He ran a 4-4, has a 40-inch vertical, bazooka arm. His draft comp is Josh Allen. He kind of reminds me of like a hybrid Josh Allen, Cam Newton. And like if you're getting a big physical quarterback like that, you know, he might take like a couple years to build like Josh Allen took him, Josh Allen three years to be this amazing first-team all-pro quarterback. But if there's no clear-cut guy, give me the guy with the most upside, the guy with the most boom, right? Especially if you're like a franchise like the Panthers, right? They haven't really won in a long time. They haven't had notable Pro Bowl quarterbacks since Cam Newton, right? They've been fumbling around between Mayfield and Sam Darnold. And I don't know. I would take the guy that's got the most upside. You know, college isn't everything, right? It's College is not an indicator of who's going to be the best quarterback in the, in the NFL right especially with like quarterbacks from Alabama and Ohio State those guys are playing with NFL offensive line NFL receivers so they're used to not being touched having wide open receivers how do you know if that's going to translate to the NFL one when they're on the worst team in the league right right so give me the guy that has the most upside I mean I would take Anthony Richardson you know, his accuracy, let me see where we're at. We're at a 53.8 completion percentage, which is not the best, right? But he's still a work in progress, I think. Averages eight yards a throw, which is not bad. But, you know, blew the combine away. They were saying he's the most athletic quarterback ever to come out of the combine. Um, so give me that guy. Give me the guy that has the Josh Allen comp. Big physical quarterback's not going to get hurt. And that's the gripe I have with Bryce Young, right? There's not really any Alabama quarterbacks that have blown up in the NFL. Yep. I mean, you could say Jalen Hurts did last year, but that was one year, right? We got to keep seeing if he can do that. I think Jalen Hurts is going to keep on being able to do that, but we don't know, right? And, and look Alabama at the circumstances Jalen Hurts had. All-pro offensive line, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Like, he had the same situation that he yeah. had in Alabama, so... Yeah, I mean, who knows, right? I mean, Alabama's not really... They're not like a quarterback school. Yeah. But that's not fair to say to Bryce Young either. But Bryce Young is great, though. I mean, he's very elusive, very accurate. You know, he won the Heisman, not last year, but the year before. Had a great year this year. I think the safe pick, the conservative pick, is Bryce Young. But I think the most upside is Anthony Richardson. And safe doesn't cut it in the NFL. You got to risk it for the biscuit, man. You got to go all out. Absolutely. And to be fair to Anthony Richardson real quick, um, this guy, Dan Mullen, brought Anthony Richardson to Florida, the offensive guru. Yeah. Had Dak Prescott at Mississippi State at number one a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. 
um, had Kadarius Tony, Kyle Pitts, um, Damian Pierce at Florida for Anthony Richardson, and then he gets fired out of nowhere. So now Anthony Richardson is stuck with basically an interim head coach. All the guys left, and he still, I, I mean, he didn't have a great year last year, but he still flashed enough to to get himself to the combine and show out. So I think that's that's something to keep in mind about Anthony Richardson. Like you said, hmm. college doesn't tell everything. And he has the pro body. Nobody's built like that. Yeah, nobody's built like that. He's built like Cam Newton and Josh Allen. That's rare. Those guys are never hurt either. I mean, right. Cam Newton got hurt from his shoulder, but the beginning of his career, MV, look at him, MVP. Josh Allen's in the MVP debate every year. He's just going to need a little bit of time, right? He's a little bit more of a project, right? Coming from, you know, not as great of a program as Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. But, I mean, I... There's no clear-cut guy in this draft, and that's what me and Joe are trying to get at. So I would take Anthony Richardson. You would take Bryce Young? Yeah, I'd go Bryce Young for now. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you got Bryce Young going to the Panthers with the number one pick. Who do you see the Texans taking at the number two pick? Do you see the Texans going with the conservative Stroud, or do you see Anthony Richardson? This is difficult because I've I've been seeing stuff on Twitter saying that the Texans could take like a pass rusher because they have yeah. a lot of holes on that team. They're they're in full rebuild mode, um, so they could go pass rusher and trade back up to maybe get like a a Stroud or Anthony Richardson. But if I'm if I'm gonna pick right now, I'm gonna say they're gonna go with the safe pick also, and that's gonna be Stroud. Stroud, yeah. I don't know, man. I I like Stroud, but. I'm just, I'm not all the way there. Like, I know he's been great in college, right? Back-to-back 40-plus touchdown seasons, which is great. I mean, I just, I don't think there's as much upside as Richardson or Young, which is why I'm a little bit lower on Stroud. I mean, the guy's throwing to Marvin Harrison and Ninjaba, right? Jackson Smith. Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Chris Olave. I mean, dude, that's like... All pro wide receivers. Yeah. In college. Offensive line. I mean, that's tough. When he goes to the Texans, he's not going to have anything close to that if he right. goes to the Texans. So you better make sure CJ Stroud is that dude, right? Yeah. I think the Texans are they're they're in full rebuild mode. Carolina, at least they have a defense. The Texans have to draft a quarterback, though. They have yeah. Davis Mills. Yeah, they have to draft a quarterback, but like you said, he's not going to have anything when he gets there. At least Carolina has a defense, has a decent run game. So the Texans are in a big hole. That's why I think you have to go safe if you're the Texans and get Stroud, get an accurate quarterback. All right. And then I know you're a Kentucky fan because your cousin played offensive line at Kentucky. So tell me about Will Levis. I know you've seen a lot of Kentucky games. Do you see Will Levis as a good quarterback in the NFL? Because he's like the fourth quarterback on all boards right now. No, he didn't have the best year last year. Pro Football Focus game was 68 out of 100 grade, which is it's not great, but you know he's been showing out at the combine. Big arm, he's put on a lot of muscle. Do you see potential with Will Levis? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know how how quick he's going to go in the draft this year because this year is kind of hard, like we've been saying. Mm-hmm. But I'm a believer in Will Levis. Um, had a great year, not last year, but the year before. He had a a wide receiver go early in the draft, Wandale Robinson to the Giants. Mm. Speedy guy could get the ball to him downfield. So he's got a deep, he's got deep ball accuracy. He's got a rocket arm, and he's a freak athlete. So I, I don't think you can go wrong with a guy like Will Levis. 
Um, I think he's a tier below the guys we've been talking about. I agree. Yeah. But I'm a fan. Shout out to my cousin Drake. Started 50 straight games in the SEC. Nobody really does that, especially on the offensive line. So shout out to Drake. <laughs> yeah, man. You know what I see hurting Will Levis is Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, those guys from small schools like that getting picked very high and not succeeding in the NFL. Mitchell Trubisky, right? They're have they have a lot of talent, right? Like they go to a pro day and they look amazing, right? Big bazooka arms, but the small school talent is not really translating to the NFL as of late, right? Not to say that Will Levis can't translate and be great in the NFL, but it it I just think the previous guys that have been taken, right? Like Zach Wilson and Mitchell Trubisky and Trey Lance from small schools, it looks kind of bad on Trey Lance. It's like do or on Will Levis, I should say. It's like, do teams really want to take a shot on that? You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I think that might be hurting Will Levis a little bit. What do you think about that? Yeah, this is a tricky, kind of difficult year because quarterback, you know, a lot of teams, all the old guys from our childhood have retired, and teams have already moved on and got their quarterback in place. Mm -hmm. So I think this year, I don't think you're going to see, like, the top four or five quarterbacks go early in the draft. Um, Will Levis, he could fall. He could fall out of the first round. We saw Lamar Jackson fall out of the first round, and believe me, I've watched a lot of Lamar Jackson and all of Will Levis. Lamar Jackson is, oh, dude, Will Levis head and is shoulders. not going to be anything close to Lamar Jackson, right? And I'm pretty confident in saying I'm not going to eat my words on that. Lamar Jackson is, I mean, that's not even close. Yeah. So this year, like we've been saying, it's there's no clear cut guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you might see two or three guys become a starter out of this year, but it's a weak quarterback class. So give me your recap of your your top guys. Who do you think is going to go? I think Bryce Young won to the Panthers. Mm-hmm. They're going to get their guy. He's going to start there for a long time. Um, C.J. Stroud to the Houston Texans. Okay. Um, number three. Who's got number three? Cardinals? Arizona Cardinals got the third pick. So I think they're going to go with the DN. I think they're going to trade Anderson. out of that pick. I you mean, think? Kyler Murray I might as well trade back. I mean, Indianapolis needs a quarterback too, and they're right in front of them. Arizona's in front of Indianapolis, so why not trade that to Indianapolis, get more picks, and then take Will Anderson with the fourth pick? Yeah. That's what I would do. So you got Carolina Panthers. You got them taking Bryce Young. Yep. You got the Texans playing conservative, taking C.J. Stroud. Who do you have the Colts taking at number four? They don't have a quarterback. Do you have them taking Richardson or Levis? I think Anthony Richardson has made himself Anthony Richardson. Okay. Some a lot of money in that combine. So I'm gonna go Anthony Richardson. AR fifteen is his nickname because he wore a fifteen in college. <laughs> That's a sick nickname. I like that. Right. Yeah. yeah, and he's he's just a highlight reel. Um potential wise, Anthony Richardson. And then fourth quarterback. Because Hooker from Tennessee, he's a little bit older and just blew his knee out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Will Levis as the fourth quarterback being taken. Okay. And then obviously fifth is going to be Hooker, who's also could go in the first round. And then after that, there's a huge drop mm-hmm. off. Yeah. You know what? I think Bryce Young is going to be the first pick to the Panthers. But if this is my draft and I'm Carolina, I'm taking Anthony Richardson. I just think the upside's there and the potential to hit a massive home run is there also i'm not i'm not really a fan of these small quarterbacks as of late you know i like bryce young i think he's a good quarterback but if we just go down the list of small quarterbacks Tua hurt kyler murray hurt baker mayfield hurt who else is small in the nfl that always gets hurt 
I mean, even Drew Brees broke down at the end of his career hurt. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson hurt. Like, I mean, I just... You need a... Somebody with Anthony Richardson's size, he can take that pounding. If I was Carolina, I would take Anthony Richardson at number one. If I'm the Texans, I would take Bryce Young at number two. If Anthony Richardson's gone... I see the Indianapolis Colts taking uh, C.J. Stroud because I think he's better than Will Levis. And I see the Raiders at seven taking uh, Will Levis, grooming him behind Jimmy Garoppolo, waiting like two, three years, and then throw him out there, see what he can do. So that's that's how I see it going. I see the Panthers taking Anthony Richardson, Houston taking Bryce Young, Colts taking Stroud, and then the Vegas Raiders taking Will Levis. I like that. So, but we'll see, you know, the draft is unpredictable. You see teams taking weird players every single year. So you never know. Yeah. And you will see South Florida guys going earlier than everybody thinks because everyone knows South Florida is the king of football. Yes, sir. All right. Let's move along to topic number two. Okay. So this is the NBA MVP odds. Okay. So according to ESPN, uh, Jokic, Giannis, and Embiid are the NBA MVP finalist this year, right? So two-time defending champ or two-time defending NBA most valuable player Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and Giannis were named the three finalists for the league's MVP award for a second straight season Friday night during the Heat game. Right? So according to Vegas and Bovada, right? And DraftKings and Caesar Sportsbook, right? Joel Embiid is the favorite to win the MVP at minus 600. Giannis is favored Number two, right, at plus 860 with Jokic at number three at plus 865. So the way I see this going is right how Vegas has it. I see Embiid number one, Giannis number two, and I see Jokic at number three. And the reason I would give the MVP to Joel Embiid this year, right, he leads the league in scoring. He's the first center with three 50-point games since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 1972. Like I said, leading a score for a center in the NBA. That's the first time since Shaq did it in 2000. And he's got a better free throw percentage than um, Giannis and Jokic. Plus, he's the leading scorer, like I keep saying, averaging two blocks a game. So he's scoring the most, and he's being the most impactful on defense. I think if you take Joel Embiid off the Philadelphia 76ers, that's not even a playoff team, in my opinion. I think they don't even make the play-in tournament. That's how bad I think that team is without Joel Embiid. So I got Embiid one. I got Giannis number two over Jokic because the Bucks had the best record in the NBA this year. Jokic missed a lot of time towards the end of the season. And that, that was my separator just between Jokic and Giannis, right? Just Giannis is scoring more. His team's better, better defender. So I got Giannis two and I got Jokic at three. So what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit different from everybody, especially mm-hmm. after looking at the numbers. Um, I'm going to go Jokic again. He he logged a triple-double this year. I think a lot of people don't understand how hard that is to do. 25 points a game, I think like 11 or 12 rebounds and 10 assists. More available than those other guys. Played like 70 games. I think Embiid and Giannis were like mid-60s. But would you give Jokic the MVP three years in a row? Michael Jordan and LeBron haven't even done that. Kobe hasn't done that. Nikola Jokic three years in a row? Come on. Like, yeah, it's difficult, but I just think he, he was the most available. Um, obviously didn't score as much as those guys and not a good defender. 
but I think it's an offensive league. Jokic averaged 10 assists a game, and you look at his team, there's not... 9.9. <laughs> I give him 10. You got to <laughs> round that. up. Yeah, yeah, okay. Go ahead. I mean, you look at his team, it's not like he's playing with the Warriors where you're just handing it off to Steph and Clay for shooting. So I think he's really orchestrating that offense and willing that team to the first seed in the West, and I just think Jokic should get it. You think Denver's... If you take Jokic and Embiid off the Sixers and the Nuggets, right, you think the Nuggets have a worse team than the Sixers? That's close. Um, I think the Sixers would be worse, but I don't, I don't think you can really fault Jokic for that. Um, I guess I'll give this to Embiid. Um, Embiid, he's been through a few coaches. Jokic has had that same coach and same team, same system for mm-hmm. a couple of years. So I don't want to say Jokic is a system guy, but... Embiid is very impressive. I don't want to take anything away from him, obviously, but I just think Jokic has been consistent. And MVP award is a regular season award. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Joel Embiid's he's got the best scoring, but the MVP award, nobody really cares about it anymore because it's just like, oh, he was the best in the regular season. What did he do in the playoffs? You know, that's how I think they should um, do the MVP. They should wait till after the playoffs. Right. They should combine it, right? It should be... Regular season and playoffs. Because that doesn't make sense. Why would you have a regular season MVP when the playoffs are more important, right? I don't understand that. I think it should be done after the playoffs because we see who the most valuable players are when the playoffs come around. Right. So, yeah, I would... It's tough, but I would give it to Embiid. I don't think Jokic should win it three years in a row. I just think if the greatest... the greatest two basketball players of all time LeBron James and Michael Jordan haven't gotten the MVP three years in a row there's no way Nikola Jokic should get it he doesn't play any defense I mean at least LeBron and Michael Michael Jordan and their primes they were locking people down right you know and that's why I like Embiid right he's the leading scorer two years in a row first time leading scorer since Shaq did it in 2000 as a center you know, he's averaging 33 a game. I mean, that's impressive for a big man. 33 double-digit rebounds, right? Two blocks a game. He's more impactful on both ends of the floor than Nikola Jokic. I will give you that Jokic is a better passer. I mean, he's probably the best passer in the league. Yeah. I would say. He's right up there with everybody. Orchestrates that offense well. But is his game more effective? Is he more effective on the court than Joel Embiid? I don't think so. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, if you ask me, who would you rather have on your team? Joel Embiid or Jokic? I'm taking Embiid all day long over Jokic. It's it's difficult because I know Embiid, and this is why I kind of leaned Jokic on this, is because Embiid hasn't really been healthy throughout his career. Lately, he has been. Last two seasons, he's been pretty healthy. Yeah, you know? but if I'm starting a team and I know what I know health-wise, I have to go Jokic. Better passer. No, he's not a better defender, but he's more available. He's more durable. I just think it's an offensive league now. I like Jokic. He likes to punish people physically, too. I don't think Embiid has that nastiness that Jokic has. So I, I'm, I'm a little different. Um, I think Jokic has been better the past five years. Embiid had a better season this year. Mm-hmm. But I just think you have to give it to the guy that averages triple-double. I, I can see that. You know what's funny? We're both like comparing Embiid and Jokic. I think Giannis is better than both of them. As a basketball player, I think he's better. He just didn't have 
he wasn't more of like a standout player than those two this year. Right. I think the f- argument has been centered on Embiid and Jokic, just because Jokic is the defending M- uh, NBA MVP, right? And then Joel Embiid's the leading scorer. A lot of uh, analysts on ESPN have been pushing for Joel Embiid. Remember there was that uh, Kendrick Perkins incident with J.J. Redick, and they're like, you know, that whole like white conversation about uh, Nikola Jokic just, oh, he's a white guy. That's why he's getting an MVP. That's nonsense, right? Like, Yeah, that's not fair. That's not fair. So he's averaging a triple-double. You, you know, he yeah. should be in that conversation. But, you know, I think Joel Embiid should be the MVP. I got him one, Giannis two, Jokic three. I think Giannis, if I'm starting a, a franchise, I'm taking Giannis over both those guys. Yeah. Because to me, Giannis is more impactful, right? He's he's like a hybrid of uh, Jokic and Embiid, right? He can score inside like Embiid. He can pass a little bit better than Embiid, right? But plays better defense than Jokic. So I like Giannis better than both those guys. Yeah, if I'm starting a team, I'm going to take Giannis. But but he, this is the MVP debate, so. Right. And Giannis, I think the thing that people say maybe overlap a little bit or oversee is Giannis's play. Like, he just plays harder than everybody. He's a bully. Yeah, he's a bully, and he will embarrass you if you don't come ready to play physically, mentally. So I think that's kind of what separates Giannis. I think that's what's going to make him an all-time great when it's all said and done. Because he's still, he's like our age, 27. I think these three guys, yeah. Jokic, Giannis, and Embiid are like 27, 28 years old. So they mm-hmm. they realistically, at their size, they got like at least seven more years of dominating. Giannis' game is ugly, though. Yeah. Like, he'll just go to the basket, and he'll go 100 times. He doesn't care. He'll just he'll, lower the shoulder, and that's his game. Yeah, he'll will, he'll will his way. He'll will his team to win. And I think what kind of hurts him in the MVP races his team is just his team is better than both yeah. those teams I mean Drew sure. Holiday was second NBA all NBA yep um Chris Middleton's an amazing scorer Brooke Lopez has reinvented his game Bobby Porter Bobby Porter's Jay Crowder I mean they just have a a team full of vests they picked up Goran Dragic who you're gonna see in the playoffs that team's way better than both those other teams I think yeah but yeah, Giannis has no bag though. I think that's why people like don't like him as much as Embiid and Jokic. He's got no moves. It's just like drive to the basket, lower the shoulder. I'm gonna bully ball you. He's like kind of like the guard version of Shaq, right? Shaq's game was super ugly, just bully ball all the time. And then Giannis is like the same way, but as a guard. Right. And Shaq compares Giannis to to himself, like when you hear him talk on mm-hmm. TNT, because he's like you said, he's it's the same style game, but People just can't handle that. Like you have to match that physicality, and mm-hmm. nobody can match that physicality yeah. in athleticism. Embiid's game is, on the other hand, Embiid's game is sweet though. He's hit, they were showing yeah. that montage of Embiid, like with uh, Kobe and Michael Jordan, he's hitting like the fadeaways, like Kobe and Mike, and it's beautiful. I love Embiid's game. I mean, he can do it all. He can shoot. He's way more skilled than those two oh, guys. He's the most skilled guy offensively scoring than those two guys yeah. for sure yeah Jokic isn't I mean he can shoot turnaround jumpers but he's not you know crossing people he ain't over giving like the shimmy shake or crossing people over and shooting threes and fade stuff like away that. yeah he looks like just like a bigger Jordan and Kobe <laughs> fadeaways and I'll give Giannis this he has gotten better at his free throws and three-point shooting that's why they won that title against the Phoenix Suns a couple years yeah. ago because he was making threes so I'm going with exactly how Vegas has it. 
Embiid one, Giannis two, Jokic three. And then you're going Jokic one, Embiid, Embiid two, two, Giannis three. three. Okay, yep. I can see that. Tatum four. Yeah, Tatum's four pretty much in every single sports book. I thought he was going to win it this year, like the first 10, 15 games. He was your preseason guy. Yeah, he was dominating. Like He looked like the best player in the world his first 15 games. Yeah, he was. All right, let's move along to our final topic, right? So our final topic is about the flooding that happened in Fort Lauderdale. I know you weren't there. I was there. It was something else. I mean, it broke a record for a most rainfall ever in one day. It was insane. It's crazy. So I'm going to get into this article right here. So this is according to the Washington Post, right? So we had historic downpour in Fort Lauderdale that dropped 88 billion gallons of rain. Approximately a third of the city's average annual rainfall came down during an eight-hour window with reports of 26 inches of rain in Fort Lauderdale International Airport. And that obliterated the previous wet record for the wettest calendar day, which was 15 inches, set in 1979. That's insane. And even to give this more perspective, right, according to the National Weather Service, right, so that amount of rain, right, the 26 inches, is equal to 129 times more volume than the Great Pyramid of Giza, 134,000 times the volume of an Olympic-sized swimming pool, and that drinking water consumed by the U.S. population in a year and a half. So it would take a year and a half of everybody drinking water to get to equal that much rain that downpoured in Fort Lauderdale, which is insane. But this did not stop uh, people from getting political about this, right? So according to Breitbart News, Donald Trump slammed Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida. So uh, Donald Trump at an NRA, uh, he was giving a speech at the NRA, right? He said that DeSantis should be in Fort Lauderdale helping oversee the response to the flooding instead of campaigning because Ron DeSantis was campaigning even though he hasn't announced he's running for president yet. Donald Trump said rather than going there to oversee the response, DeSantis continued with his events in other places across the country this week while the Fort Lauderdale airport was closed. DeSantis appeared in Ohio and Virginia and New Hampshire while the city was pretty much underwater. Okay, so, Joe, what do you think about this? I mean, you know, Donald Trump is going to take every chance he has to slam Ron DeSantis, you know. His poll numbers are surging. I don't think DeSantis has a chance anymore to be the president, you know, if Donald Trump is eligible to run and he's not in jail. Um, talk a little bit about that, and then talk about the the rainfall rainfall in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I don't think DeSantis, and to be clear, I'm not the biggest DeSantis fan. I'm not the biggest DeSantis hater either. I'm pretty neutral on a lot of stuff, but I don't think it's fair to slam him. Um, obviously, you don't you can't prepare for a an crazy rainstorm in April that never happens. This is like a once in a lifetime type thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a little unfair to slam him. I understand obviously why he's doing it because it's a competition. But you know, realistically, if DeSantis does go, what is he gonna do? I mean, there's there's neighborhoods still today underwater, like Melrose Park and Fort Lauderdale. Yep. You know, those, I think infrastructure, here we are again on infrastructure, the drainage needs to be addressed, not just in Fort Lauderdale, the whole state of Florida, St. Petersburg, Tampa, 
So I think we, we got a lot of work to do, but I'm not surprised Donald Trump is slamming DeSantis. He's going to take every uh, opportunity he can. And it's funny you said that, too, because DeSantis' spokes team said that he's been engaged in the response even though he wasn't physically present in Florida. So I can see that, right? It's like, what is he going to do if he is there? If he's engaging over the phone or however they coordinate that, he's talking to other people, I mean. Right. Yeah, he- you know, a real leader, you you don't necessarily need them on the ground, you know, rallying, rallying people and doing all the rah-rah stuff. All he, all he needs to do is coordinate the response teams. You know, I don't think they requested help from the federal government. I don't know if that's the best move or not, but... Um, it probably just looks bad from an optics perspective, right? That he's not there in his own state and he hasn't even announced that he's running for president. So why is he in like other states giving speeches and stuff and he's not in his home state when we had the worst flood in florida history it's yeah. kind of like weird yeah i mean i can understand if he's not there you know right as it's happening but if you don't come back you know a day or two later if he's still out campaigning that looks mm-hmm. a little bad yeah but you yeah. know rainwater i mean it's for those of you that don't know if if you get caught in that that storm when you're driving you your car basically gets flooded out if the engine gets flooded, your car is, is totaled. And Dude, I was driving through that during work, and I could only, back from work, and I could only drive in one lane. And, like, you had to literally, my car was hydroplaning. Like, yeah. and I was going 10 miles an hour, and my car was skidding everywhere because there was so much um, water. So it was something to see, man. There was so much, I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, in Florida, I mean, I'm sure you guys know it's like the the hottest destination right now too. Like especially for Lauderdale, Miami, that's like the highest real estate in the country. Everyone's mm-hmm. flocking to Florida. Um, so I think obviously now insurance prices are going to go up. Everyone's going to be required to mm-hmm. get flood insurance in Florida pretty soon. I think they're working on that. It's obviously a good idea because when you get water intrusion into your house, your house is basically totaled as well, and now you're out tens of thousands of dollars. That obviously. People don't just have that laying around. So yep. it's it's a mess. Um, we're not even in the hurricane season yet, so hopefully we don't take any more damage in the summer. Yeah, it's crazy. Florida's just one of those states that, I mean, yeah, it's not even hurricane season, and we got the biggest rainfall ever, so yeah, that's, that doesn't <laughs> look good, right? <laughs> yeah, it's nothing's perfect. Florida's the yeah. best place to live, but you just have to prepare yourself for the weather because we're going to get hurricanes. We had Hurricane Andrew in 92 that destroyed Miami and now we have some of the best building codes in the world but I think we just need to work on the drainage system now dude I'm serious like it's pretty bad every time it rains in Miami it feels like you look on like Instagram and TikTok and uh, YouTube and Twitter I mean cars are just underwater the drainage in Miami is awful it's because we're on the ocean where are you going to send that water to it's just going to come back yeah it's it's bad well definitely a thumbs down give me you know Thumbs down for that. I mean, yeah. hopefully we don't get any more rain, but... I'm just glad we don't get any snow. <laughs> that's true. Yep. All guys. That's three topics. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care, guys.